listening to the DNVR Gaming Podcast brought to you by WGT Golf. Remember to download it totally for free today at dnvrgolf.com on either your phone or laptop. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. With me for this one is Rudo, and we talk in video game amusement parks and a little review of bug snacks for you. Finished up a video game, thought we'd share some thoughts on it, uh, a fun and interesting one for those of you, for the seven people who own PS5s, but still <laughs> uh, a little bit. But you know, this is an interesting one because, you know, when I was young, video game theme parks were not a thing that existed, and now it looks like they're going to be. It's. I know this is a video game podcast, but I think we need to start this conversation with the rise of the film series amusement parks that have been extremely popular over the last handful of years. Good point. And I think people have realized that. All right, let amusement parks are a very volatile business opportunity let's put it that way they rise and fall very very quickly outside of the super major disney world type stuff uh so i think what a lot of people have realized is that part of what makes the experience at an amusement park so great isn't just the rides isn't just oh look come have fun try this weird food it's about the immersion of being in a completely different world you're you dive into the world of disney in, at disney world with the their new theme parks the star wars theme park has unbelievable immersion where they constantly have a truly living world around you of people dressed up as Star Wars characters. They have people who play Ray and go around the amusement park and find little kids and bring the kids on secret missions <clears throat> around the amusement park. And it's the coolest thing I've ever seen in the world. Yeah. And it's, it's great. It, it's they're crushing. The Star Wars amusement park is crushing right now. Yeah. So I think that is where the opportunity for video game theme parks have really arisen because what do video games do? They create worlds for people to play in. Now they just do it right. in the real world, too. <laughs> right. It, it's kind of amazing. It, you would think it would have been a natural evolution. Like you said, there, there are so many potential pitfalls. But, um, yeah, I, I feel like, like you said, you're, you're just going into a world. Um, there's also this, like, cons exist, right? So, yep. like, how far removed from an amusement park, like really all I look at some of this stuff and I'll actually bring it up now for those of you that are joining us live on the YouTube. And remember, you got to do that. You got to subscribe. You got to get it in. It's a whole lot of fun. Uh, but a little bit while we're talking here of the Nintendo one in the background, the Super Nintendo World uh, that is opened in Japan. And well, or I'm just going to give everyone pink, <laughs> pink, beautiful pink for a minute. Yeah. There we go. Um but yeah, like how different, like you go to a comic, I've been to Comic-Con here, I guess in Denver, it's technically, um, it's not Comic-Con, it's like Entertainment Con, or, you know, there's so many names from now, or whatever. Totally Comic-Con, but not Comic-Con, yeah. <laughs> right, and so, you know, basically the idea of uh, some people are going to get dressed up, some people aren't, but a community of people is going to come together and enter a world, you know, they, um, I was going to go on one of these uh, right before the shutdown, there's a there was a big Final Fantasy one with all yep. the 
convention rather than an amusement park because it's not permanent. But like, I would be shocked if, look at this, you get to enter by going through the pipe. You get to, you yourself go into the world of Mario. Why wouldn't we want to do that with Warcraft and Final Fantasy and Mega Man and Castlevania and like, come yeah, on, I'll, this is so cool. I do. I will say, I think Nintendo was in a uniquely amazing position uh, to do this because of how many first party video games that they develop. Right. Uh, you're, I feel like you run into a little bit of burnout if you're talking about, oh, I want to go to the Halo universe. And it's like, well, okay, there's only so much there, right? You have the Master Chief and like ODST soldiers, and that's that's what you're going to get. But sure. with it's it's a lot closer to a, a Disney-esque experience with, uh, with Super Nintendo Land because you can get mario conversations you can have a conversation about bowser you can you can go over and have something like legend of zelda on the other side of the park and it becomes a lot more open to a lot of different people in in that regard of there's something for everyone at nintendo right like right i going as a kid going to disney world it's like oh you know what i really wanted to go to future land and see space mountain and all of that stuff or someone else really wants to go to the pirate district and and be a pirate for a day so right you have to you have to be aware of that and that's that's where i wonder about other amusement parks and how hard that is particularly for like sony on and uh Xbox 2 to a lesser extent, but Sony especially has a bunch of third-party development games that I do wonder if there's enough there to truly create an immersive world of a, a theme park. Yeah, and if like trying to mash them all together would just make it feel like this weird... Because I because I could see that, right? Like you go to the, the big Sony world and it's like one corner has got all the God of War stuff and then yep. another corner would have... Uh, I don't know, is Ratchet and Clank a Sony thing, or do they do multi-platform? I was like, what are the other majors? Yeah, I, I've never been a big Sony guy, specifically, yeah. to be honest. But Well, and, and it's funny, because like I've always had PlayStation or whatever, and then, obviously, as we know, most of the Final Fantasy games come out on those. But for the first six, they were all on Nintendo. And now yep. they release plenty of stuff on Nintendo, and you can get plenty of Final Fantasy games on Xbox now, too. So it's just like whatever um but yeah I, th I think you're right like i would totally so so what is this experience where, like I, this looks so awesome i would it, again you know pandemic stuff aside when, when things are normal when i'm when i've got my shots this if this was in my neighborhood this would be on my like top three lists of things to do so <laughs> i was actually planning a trip to japan that would have happened in july of last year yeah um, obviously that didn't pan out, but now sure. when I do eventually go, I get to go to Super Nintendo World. So, you know, maybe something worked out for the best there. It, yes. It's yeah, I it's just so incredible how they <laughs> the ability to recreate a virtual world in the real space is becoming a an actual thing. And yeah. It's it's so easy. Like everyone I knew growing up wanted to do things like Legends of the Hidden Temple because it's just like a it's like playing a video game in real life. 
Yeah. That's all that's all I've ever wanted. Like I I roller coasters are awesome. Fun games at, at amusement parks are awesome. They're fun. I really like them. But give me a world where I can run around and like actually be Mario and come on. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna anyone gonna turn that down? No. The answer is no. Right. One of the things I love about it too is you can see uh Shigeru Miyamoto showing some of the things is that they give you the and you like accrue points and stuff. There's actually things for you, you. It feels like playing a game in that way too. I remember, again, the the con that I was gonna maybe make a trip out to that got canceled from the pandemic. There was a similar thing at their Final Fantasy thing. You gain crystals by going around and visiting certain things and checking off certain sites, and you could earn rewards at the end of your stay. So it, it really felt like playing a video game in real life, and it's like. Uh, th- this kind of stuff like I will and I'm not even the biggest amusement park guy like I've been to Disneyland in California and that was a whole lot of fun um, but I'm not a big roller coaster guy that's kind of the main thing is like I'm not big into the rides right but I do like kind of just being in the world and seeing the stuff and and doing those things so this this type of thing very much appeals to me and I know we talked about it last week but another thing that I think is pretty much and an going to happen. And again, to Nintendo's credit can be completely separate is a Pokemon one because Pokemon is so big in its own thing to have a, an amusement park where you can just go around, meet all the different Pokemon, see them in different kinds of environments, uh, play different kinds of games. Like there's just a world of potential there. So this is actually interesting. Um, there actually was a Pokemon theme park called Poke Park. Uh, back in the mid-2000s, which is now abandoned. Uh, It obviously ultimately ended up not working out, but uh, here, I'll just show you a picture of it, and I can explain exactly why you have to be very careful with this type of thing, because this is an image of the world. And when you compare this to what we just saw with super Nintendo world, this is just a theme park, right? There's no, not even a theme park. That's the wrong word. This is an amusement park. It's like a carnival that's set up when they come to town for a week Yeah, and they're able to pack up and leave. Yeah. And, and like, you know, on the ground, there's some stuff like you can see the pokeball there. There's, there's games that are going to be themed around Pokemon a little bit, but, uh, again, where these worlds have found success, you talk about the uh, the new Marvel theme park as well. Mm-hmm. They find success by putting you in the world, not being like, oh, okay, come on down to the Pokemon theme park where this roller coaster is called the Pikachu ride. It's like, <laughs> right. It's you're like just you trying to still see the target from like the middle. Of it, right? It's like, yeah, I'm not exactly. immersed in anything. I can see my house from here, bro. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, again, like, yes, there's probably a universe where uh, the you could do an entire Pokemon one. You could do an entire uh, Zelda, Mario, you name it, Donkey Kong, probably even too. But it's it's tough to. You have to do it right, and yeah, and and, do it well. Right. You have to do it well. And one of the major failing points, I know this is supposed to be a video game pod and we're getting into like amusement park mechanics, (laughs) but here we are. Uh, (laughs) One of the major successes of 
these amusement parks is hiring and training staff to be part of the living world. That's the right. part I want to get back to. And when you create a world where you can see characters walking down the street, where you are, you're not just in the world, but you can interact with the world. Yeah. Yeah. Blue line. I think that's the key. Minecraft world. I don't know enough about Minecraft, but I would assume Mine, that could be appealing to a lot of people. I don't, I honestly don't know how it would function. Right. Like the whole, that, that would be extremely tough. That's actually an interesting conversation. How do you build an amusement park for a sandbox type game? Right. Right. That's yeah. That, that one's tough. Um, Anyone who's ever been to a, a Renaissance festival can see how any of those types of games would be very easily made into amusement parks. So really just, just I mean, a, a Ren Fest isn't that far, honestly, from an amusement park, uh, no, if anyone's ever been to one. It's exactly yeah. what I'm talking about, right? Everyone yeah. who works there is in character all the time. Right. They play their part and you feel like you're interacting with people from whatever era it's set up for. So right. highly uh, recommend. And, and I think, yeah. And, and so if you could go to some, like, so, so the one out here in Larkspur, Colorado is one of the best in the world. I'm not just saying that because I've been to it several times and I really like it. It's celebrated <laughs> as such. It's, it's, it's known as such. Um, but yeah, I think if you went to something like that, but it was all Warcraft or Elder yeah. Scrolls or Final Fantasy themes, that it's the same basic idea, but with those, it's like sort of the iconography and the symbolism that's become famous with those. I think that could be so, so cool. And I think all of those franchises can honestly support it. But the problem, like you said, is like, how wide is their reach? How many people could you really get into those kinds of things to make it worth their while? And I do think there are great opportunities to explore this on the virtual side of things as well, or, or I guess kind of like a melding of, of universes here with, uh, I don't know anyone in chat or you have been to either Harry Potter land or the avatar theme park. Um, they, they have the rides where it's like, all right, you're going to learn how to ride your broom or you're going to learn how to ride this crazy dinosaur in the avatar universe. And you get on this ride, which is, essentially like a motion bike thing. I don't even know what to call it, but they put you in front of a screen and they have all this stuff happen and it allows you to go through the world in a new way than you've ever experienced before. Like it as that sounds I, dope. Yeah. It's particularly for a game like Zelda, particularly for a game like Mario, the opportunity to experience that world in first person for the first time is something that's extremely cool because a lot of these super popular games, you've only experienced them as, Oh, you're playing Mario. You, your camera is over his shoulder and you run around the world as Mario getting to do it as yourself is just conceptually unbelievable. Like, (laughs) So yeah, the first part of this where they walk out into the the kind of foyer for for Peach's castle, right? And it yep. looks just like it does in 64. Yeah. And <laughs> I just like 
I was just like, I'm going to cry. And if I, if I was actually walking through there, I might, right. But watching somebody else do it, I was just like, that's so cool because I can remember as a kid, when you have less of that separation between you and the virtual yeah, world, totally. between you and the game, when you're a little kid, you, you, you just emerge. Right. Yep. And I can, I can remember that first time of seeing the camera swoop into that courtyard and seeing Peach's Castle and feeling like I was Mario. Now that I'm a, an adult who's played a bunch of games with much better graphics and done X, Y, and Z. And it's like, I go back and I see it and I still get nostalgic. Oh, that's pretty cool. But to let me walk my eyes or the camera, not the weird, remember the C buttons? Yeah. Before there was a C stick on the N60, push yep. the buttons around and control camera. The kid will never know controlling the camera in 3D space before there were two sticks on a controller. Uh, <laughs> Let me tell you, it was not easy. <laughs> uh, but it just, yeah, that I, I think it could be so, so cool. But I think we'll see more of them. But like you said, I, I think we'll see some inevitable failures as well because people think well you know let's just throw this together and the fans will come and it's like you not you do it yeah <laughs> like poke k park <laughs> yeah you'll end up you'll end up failing if you don't commit to the franchise mm-hmm. or, or or whatever you want um it's yeah being an adult sucks let's go back to being yeah. kids that just immerse ourselves totally. in everything <laughs> uh, so much better i think uh, Eddie here, Blue Liner, brings up a, a good point as well. He's talking about the lightsaber builder in Star Wars. Uh, th- it goes both ways, right? Like, you want to be able to immerse yourself in that world, but you also want to be able to kind of leave your own mark on, on that type of universe. And there's so many opportunities for that type of thing in endless endless gaming situations take a you want to make a halo franchise and like maybe the first thing you do is like you get to choose your weapon do you want a battle rifle or do you want a sniper rifle what kind of thing right so yeah choose your if you're playing one of those you know dungeons and dragons lord of the rings spire inspired games i keep bringing up you choose class and you get yeah exactly your sword or your bow or your or your wizard hat and you know and you get to be yeah like uh, I also really saw, like the idea of stuff with you out. I think you keep those, you know, your point watches from the Super Nintendo world. The idea of like being able to make something or something like that that you you can two hundred plus dollars to build one. I mean, they got to charge whatever they got to charge for it. I like the option. I certainly can't afford that kind of stuff. But if I can build a baby, build a lightsaber, you know, yeah, <laughs> right? like, that makes that, logical sense. The thing is, like. <laughs> Maybe Drew and I won't Build pay for that. But there are a lot of people that would pay a lot for that type of thing. So, right, it, it, you know, there's there's always the financial side of it where they got to make money, and that that is what it is. But right, <laughs> uh, anyone can throw some hey. cool ideas out. But right, uh, hey man, uh, it's uh, what I people who can afford it pay for that stuff so that I can do the part of the park. That- that I like and, and afford. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let them throw. <laughs> I mean, it's our. Uh... <laughs> so uh, Drew's lagging a little bit here. Not sure if he's talking or not, but uh, maybe I'm that. Oh, damn. I don't know. I, oh, yeah. I can't go, tell. Go ahead. I'll, okay. No, you go ahead. So I, I think, yeah, that's 
when it comes to an amusement park video game world, there's a lot of room for expansion of it, look, it's still very early. The type of idea I have in my head when you talk, you start talking about, you've seen those things with like reality altering glasses and stuff like that. And you start to, you started to see it a little bit in super Nintendo world where Miyamoto had the, uh, the band where it's like, all right, you, you scan this QR code with your band and you can interact with the world around you. You were talking about, you know, get a Dungeons and Dragons style thing. Let's say I pick a mage. All right. Everyone throws on these glasses. I type in something on like a wristband or something. And all of a sudden I'm casting fireballs in the real world. Obviously not actually in the real world, but to, to have the ability to, it's, it's, it's as close as my stupid monkey brain can get to, am I actually doing magic in the real world right now? Right. (laughs) All I want is to feel like I'm doing magic. It's so much to ask. Uh, right? How hard can it be? Come on. <laughs> and I saw that video of people going through the Super Nintendo world and using their watch and punching up at blocks, and it makes that little yeah. sound that goes, Bling! I was like, it's brilliant. See, I don't it's, need it's... to pay $200 to build a lightsaber. I just need that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> exactly <laughs> that. It's like, but the block goes when you hit it. That's what it does in the game. <laughs> it's, it's so, so cool. So, Oh, yeah. And the Mario Kart ride is like the yep. one thing that I haven't actually – like I've seen the line for it and been told the concept, but I think it's one of those you got to get in it. You got to – Mario Kart virtual reality ride. Come on. Take my money. I'll find money. I'll, I'll eat for a <laughs> week and make this happen. <laughs> Oh, it's so sick. It's so sick. Uh, I the it I feel like the technology is gonna come so far that I'm totally gonna be that old dude, like a sixty year old dude just like go to amusement parks all the time because I'm like this is so sick. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm riding a virtual chocobo. Get away from me. <laughs> this is literally the thing I've wanted to do since I was five. Leave me alone. I'm piloting a mech on Mars right now. Could you give me some space? <laughs> like this is, I, uh, I, I think there's a, I'm very excited to see where this stuff goes. Cause yeah, I, like I said, when I first heard they're doing a super Nintendo theme park, my first thought was like, I'm not big into theme parks, amusement parks. I don't know if this is the thing I need. And then the first video I saw, I was like, like, I'm literally, I'm not joking. I was almost in tears. Just like, this is amazing. Like, Look at it. Yep. <laughs> so, super uh, excited well, for it. To to switch over to our other topic of the day, uh, something that's also pretty fun and super amazing, but maybe I'm gonna bring tears to your eyes. Uh, maybe maybe unless you get really frustrated over certain puzzle mechanics. But uh, <laughs> I'd want to share share some thoughts about. Uh, bug snacks since I have actually this is uh, my first backseat gamer experience in a very long time Uh-oh. since I was like, living with my brother when we were kids. Oh, did I lag again? No, you're fine. Am I lagging? Oh, you're good. I was gonna say because uh, I, I just started to freeze. I was just <laughs> what's going on? Um, but yeah, uh, I actually watched my girl play the game from beginning to end. The bug snacks. And uh, let's say 
I was very impressed with this cutesy little game that's free if you have a PS5, which nobody does. But still, <laughs> if and when y'all out there get your PS5s and you're wondering, uh, is this little game something to bother with or be interested in? Uh, if you like the the kind of Pokemon experience or those collectible things, if you like a particularly quirky sense of humor and and you know have a tolerance for things that are clearly supposed to be family friendly but uh you know i, I wouldn't say you know to just at children but the basic premise of it is very close to pokemon right where you go around the world you find all these different little creatures and you collect them the big difference is that they're all made out of different kinds of food and uh, that's kind of the the basic premise right and then once yeah. you collect the the animal, then you go and feed it to one of the many weird people of the area. And when they eat the animal, it changes their body into that type of food. And those, you can make all these weird combinations of stuff. And that's the basic premise of it. And then it's all about solving puzzles of how do you get, much like Pokemon, how do you get the critter to come out? What are its weaknesses? How do you make it so that you can capture it and then feed it to the right people? That's your whole game. But it is surprisingly well built. <laughs> This is a kid's game, correct? Not we're talking about like cannibalistic style stuff here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, it, it's funny, actually. It's so and, and I don't want to I won't ruin the ending for you, but it okay. was way bleaker, darker than I thought it was going to. <laughs> Great. Not uh, not looking forward to the ending. It, then. We're not. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not going to wreck you or anything, you know, but there are a more mature themes. There, there's definitely, like, more going on than, you know, just, like, random mindless entertainment for kids. I, I was surprised by some of the character interactions and connections. Yeah, some of the dark implications of what the whole thing is about. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I... I think that's a good sign of a game too, though, is you're able to walk that line, right? Between, look, yes, there's pretty colors and, and kids can have fun playing this game, but also if you look beyond what's directly in front of you, there's real things happening, even in like a, a simple universe. Like you can have adult themes, as we talked about right. a little bit, the, something that Pokemon lacks, perhaps. <laughs> right. Right. Um, the other, I think, major benefit to Bug Snacks is it's, and people have said this about the other game that haven't played as much, the Astro Room or something like that, I think it is. Um, but getting you used to uh, the new controller, the haptic feedback and, and playing games with slightly different ways, like you can blow into the controller to cool things off or to, to blow wind around that. Um, the crunch and resist differently depending on what you're doing, how you're setting traps, uh, how you you launch items, and so it's a really good game for getting you used to thinking in a slightly different way. And I appreciated that element of it too, to the point where now you know I go back and play other games, and it doesn't have the resistance and the clicking and all the little things that the controller does. I'm like, ah, man, I missed that. Is that sustainable? Like, is that something that doesn't just become a gimmick very quickly? 
it'll be really interesting to see, yeah, how it's incorporated into games that aren't clearly built around that. Because I, I think yeah. that, like, from a mechanics standpoint, that's what Bug Snacks is for. I can almost certainly see that people are like, okay, we've got all this haptic feedback stuff. Your controller can do all these things. And someone's like, okay, well, let's build a game where you have to do all those things. And <laughs> yeah. while, I, <laughs> you know, and, and so while I think it's a fun and, and engaging experience, yeah, it'll be curious to see like how a, a game that's aiming for something a little grander, a little deeper, or a little more uh, mature, even, even though, like I said, snacks <laughs> gets surprisingly like dark at times. Um, yeah. It'd be really interesting. Like I think of games like the the new horizon or whatever, I feel like, man, if done well, this could be a great addition to. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think you're going to have too many games in the future that are totally built around the haptic feedback the way these ones are, because it does become sort of like, oh yeah, you're just trying to get me to blow into my controller now, or you know, <laughs> yeah, right. trying to make it a little obvious. If you're going to make me blow into my controller in the middle of an intense fight. I'm not going to be happy about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. right. It's like, I don't know if I, get, if I can handle this stuff, but even just like the changing in, in the resistance levels and, and the stuff like that. And, um, or, or things like uh, it'll vibrate just in one of the controller that'll make it feel like it's kind of heavier on that side. Like when you're carrying something, like if you just, uh, captured the the critter and it's like shaking around but if it shakes to the right side only the right side of the controller will feel heavier the left side or whatever so it just i think it goes a long way and it does remind me a little bit of that experience that i had for the very first time plugging my rumble pack into the back of my n64 controller for star fox 64 and oh this is cool this this does make it more immersive it's it's silly how it is but you, you think of it just you're controller vibrating when something happens on screen is was a huge deal at the time and now it's yeah. totally standard you don't innovations like that are hard to come by right like yeah. you don't know what you're missing until you experience it and then it's finding that balance of okay so this immerses you but at what point does it become more of an annoyance than an actual like part of the game Right. So. Yeah, I, I think that remains to be seen. They still need their, you know, I've, I've had the PS5 for a little while now. I've mostly been playing PS4 games on it uh, because <laughs> after getting the PS5 and, and the TV to play it on, I didn't have a whole lot of extra cash lying around. I'm going to get to like Spider-Man and stuff before too long. But other than these kind of free games that are wrong with it, um, I've also played Injustice, which has like an upgraded graphics on PS5. I'm going to do God of War, which also has upgraded graphics on PS5. They just announced they're they're doing an upgraded Final Fantasy VII remake that comes out in June. So obviously that stuff. But I haven't really gotten my hands yet on a true PS5 AAA title because there's only like three or four of them right now. Yeah, there aren't uh, Most many. of them are, are still PS4 games that have been upgraded to it so i think they're still looking for that first one that's really built from the ground up and has all that stuff in mind i expect it'll be horizon and I'm, i really want to get my hands on that dude let's go i, I can't wait for that review yeah that's maybe by cool. then i'll consider having a ps5 
right? <laughs> well, they're, uh, they're they tried to ship. I don't know if you saw the big announcements for the the yeah. seven remake and all the stuff they did, but the the new uh, chapter is only available on PS5. It's like they made everybody happy. That's the one that's got people upset. That's a that's an interesting way to do it. To be like, okay, if you want to play the next part of the game, got to be on the five. Upgrade to your PS5, and people are like. Ow. <laughs> I'd love to, but I don't have one. And I feel really bad for people. Hopefully by June, Sony has, has managed to make those a little bit more available. But please, please stop the scalpers. Stop the scalp. Okay. <laughs> Hashtag stop the scalp. Yeah. It's getting exactly. back. Is it still? Do you know if that's still? It's. it's uh, spoon I haven't. I honestly haven't kept up with the PS5 prices, but I can tell you for graphics cards for computers, yes, it's still a massive problem right now. Yeah. So, oh, Blue Liner and Brad talking about Fall Guys having an amusement park IRL. That's what we all dress up in. Like, everyone's got to have padded suits on so we can just knock each other off. Shit. Yeah, I, this is just the Fall Guys amusement park is just uh, American Gladiators. Like, you're, you guys are probably too young to remember that show, but <laughs> what's the what's the show they have? Um, it, it's basically like American Ninja Warrior, but without any of the talent. It's just to see like, people fall. Oh, yeah. It's like Wipeout or whatever it is. Yeah, Wipeout. I know what you're talking That's about. What yeah. I was thinking of. yeah, it's like. It's like, you know how all those amazing athletes and Ninja Warrior are incredible, but every once in a while trying to do something awesome, they fall in an entertaining way? What if we just made a show out of that last part? <laughs> <laughs> no athletes, no actual talent. Let's just watch people fall over. And it does quite well. It does. You know, got an IRL fall, guys. Are there any, any others we left out before we get out of here? Stuff that would be great. StarCraft probably could have been a great... I, at a certain point, you just need an entire Blizzard amusement park or something. I think that's probably but, the way to go there. Yeah, that would be um, that would be Stark, though, right? Going from like the StarCraft wing yeah. to the to the Warcraft wing, super <laughs> futuristic to like <laughs> right. olden day style, totally like low fantasy. Right, actually, kind of love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think that'd be really cool. I never got into the Warhammer series, but that seems like a thing that's got enough lore and enough different yeah. kinds of things that you could definitely has uh, the backstory for sure. Right? Were you a Warhammer guy at all, or not yeah. really? I've played a little bit, but they seem I don't cool. Know. I just like I, I feel like I've made this analogy before, but it's like telling somebody now to go and watch Game of Thrones. So like. There's just so much of it, and I've yeah. it happened already, and it, it all happened without me. I can I do it now? And it's like you can, but you know, it's like, I'm gonna get into total war. And Warhammer has the whole like tabletop game side of it, where you can buy right. like thousands of dollars of miniatures, and it's like okay, right. <laughs> this is too much for me. And there's a ton of books and stuff. Like I, yep. I know people who just know it through the books, and it's just like yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, those are probably the big ones. What a Fortnite! I was trying to think what else is popular right now. I would, no way. There's no way like you that. can do a Fortnite amusement park. No, it's not. Yeah, no. I'm big. I mean, they they could probably make money because stuff's so popular. But... I mean, yes, they definitely make money, but it wouldn't be good. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We should distinguish it. We crap. 
Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Might be a little intense for the kids. <laughs> Fighter of the Edge. And up. <laughs> <laughs> Got to card yeah. people at the gate for an amusement Jeez, park. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be tough, I think. Probably a tough sell to get, uh, get that one going. <laughs> uh, I love yeah. this comment from Eddie. Uh, EA Sports World, where everything is frustrating and it's a total waste of money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, get to the amusement park. Every uh, every ride is a a micro fee, microtransaction. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got to open up a loot box that tells you which ride you're allowed to get. Yeah, there you go. You just get <laughs> random tickets to random rides. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you show up and you buy into a lottery that decides how your day will go. Like ninety uh, percent of boxes just have like the teacups and nothing else. <laughs> oh that's fantastic that right there is good stuff all right well this has been a lot of fun appreciate y'all for hanging out with us let us know what video game worlds universes multiverses you think should be or could be turned into some fun amusement which ones of these you would actually go to and what kind of stuff you would do let us know if you're as excited as we are about the prospect of the super nintendo uh that whole thing and also, if anybody else out there has played Bugsnax, I want to hear what you think about it because it was a, a truly unusual experience. As close as it was to Pokemon, and it, it's very, very close. It's easy to be like, this is such a rip off of Pokemon. And it, it becomes its own thing in some kind of twisted ways. So I want to I want to hear what you all thought of it out there. One of the ways you can do that is by following us on social media at Drew Creaseman, at Nathan underscore Ruda, whatever. <laughs> you know where to find me. Yeah, he's on Twitter also. And also make sure you're following DNVR Gaming and subscribing to DNVR Gaming Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Also make sure you're subscribing to all of the DNVR content video style so you can join us for these live chats on youtube we really appreciate it all uh you all it all well we we appreciate it all but more importantly than that we appreciate you all when you swing by hang out with us chat about all this stuff and let us know what kind of video game topics you would like to hear from us in the future for nathan rudo rudolph i've been drew priestman we appreciate y'all watching the dnvr gaming podcast and we will see you next time